Great. Thanks, Derwin. Yes, I would. Jill, Jill gave me an elbow there. She says, why don't you demonstrate the haka, which is the New Zealand rugby playing, do before they play each game. And I don't do it very well, so I'd embarrass I'm a Canadian, right? So, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, should have worn my old black shirt today. Yeah, I'm a, an avid rugby fan, yes. And did you know that the, the Canadian women's rugby team came in second in the world championships? Yeah. So, you see, rugby is a Canadian sport after all, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's great to be here. And we've had uh, an amazing six months here with you. And, uh, yeah, if we could get the slide up. Um, the next one, we'll skip over that one. That's who we do. And you, some of you know our family. We're, we're well known because of that cute little girl up in the right hand, in the corner there, Mira. And uh, she's our granddaughter, as well as uh, granddaughter of Mark and Shirley Tucker, who's looking on that picture with, with hazing eyes, that little girl, yes. And who belongs to Aaron and Kathy Joe. Kathy Joe's borrowing one of Garrett and Rebecca's kids in that photo. It was just over a year ago. And uh, some of you know Garrett and Rebecca working in China. And they're up at this time right up somewhere up in the mountains of Tibet. So that's who we are and uh, as a family. And we've uh, been part of Hillside for many, many years. And, uh, and it's been a real great and it's been great joy. Okay, thanks. That's probably enough family photos for today. Yeah, one of the, the joys of being here with you this longer time has been able to connect with many of you and hear your stories. And over a meal time, just sharing and hearing how God is using you in the everyday things of life. The things you do at your jobs, in your community, the things you're involved in, the clubs you're involved in. The, you know, just amazing stories. And it's been so exciting because that's that's just so cool to see how God is using you and working with, working through you in your in your daily activities. And that's been such a blessing to us. And uh, yeah, it's a really healthy sign of your community that that's what you're doing. And it's not that you have you know you don't need a big program if you're living Jesus out in the community. And that's what Jill and I seek to do in our community where God has uh, put us. And uh, we're. Um, yeah, pretty excited about it. There's uh, one of the principles in the scriptures is called the Emmanuel principle. And what does Emmanuel mean? God with us. That's right. And that's a thing. One of the strong themes that goes right through the scriptures is God is with us. And what an incredible thing that the Lord of the universe desires to spend his time with us. Isn't that amazing? And that's part of the whole thing about John 3.16. He gave Jesus to come and be with us. And you, you think through the scriptures of God interacting with humankind right from the very beginning. And though we do our very best to separate ourselves from God and to pay no attention, he's constantly with us. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, and we just want to be where he is as well, wherever we are in any circumstance, not just in this building, but out there. And uh, that's, that's pretty exciting in this theme of scripture which includes us because this theme didn't just start in Genesis and then end somewhere in the New Testament, but it keeps going because we are part of him and it keeps going right through today. So we're part of this huge mega narrative of, what, of God's spending time being with us, being with his people uh, inc with incredible patience. I think incredible patience he's had with us a lot in this room. 
But, uh, you know, just, uh, just do what he does. It's, an, it's amazing. And uh, that's what we wanted just to encourage you today is to pay attention with us and, and to encourage you to be expectant of how God is at work in our lives and in the community, in the people we're around. Because he is. He so longs to see people come to him. He's constantly working in their lives. Everybody in this whole world, he can handle that. We can't, but he constantly he is. And to be aware of that and what he's doing. Um, I'd love just to go through the whole Bible today and uh, read some of the stories about how God interacted with people in ordinary life. But I was drawn my um, attention to some kind of funny ones I hadn't thought of for quite a while. It takes place in the, in the book of uh, 2 Kings or 2 Kings. That comes after 1 Kings. And uh, if you've got a Bible, you can dig around and find it. But there's a story there about a, a man whose name was Elisha. And Elijah, the prophet, is very famous. And his, his student was called Elisha. And Elisha uh, lived in part of what had been Israel. But part of a large part of the, the family, the community of Israel, decided to turn their backs on God and follow after idols. And uh, their, their main concern in life was to have fun, to get rich, to let themselves go in sexual immorality, do whatever they wanted to do in the whole context of, of, of religion and uh, basically get God out of our lives. It kind of sounds familiar to life here, right? And uh, that's what they were doing. And God sent Elisha and to get their help get their attention. And uh, he did some really funny things. There's an awesome story about a, a, road, there's a road rage story. And Elisha, I'm not going to tell you, you can read it, find it yourself. But it's really, it's not really funny, actually, it's really bad, but it's kind of, kind of interesting. <laughs> but uh, one of the stories which I, I thought about was that um, he went, he took a, he had, Elisha had students that followed him around in, in a little school. And he took them for a picnic one day. And uh, some of the students went out and, and dug around in the forest and found some, some uh, I don't know, zucchini or something. I don't know what it was. And, and they just cooked it in. They started to cook it up. And as they started to eat it, they said, oh, this is awful. And some of them got really sick. And uh, they said, there's death in the pot. Master, what are we going to do? And Elijah goes, oh, get, there's some grain there. Put that in the pot. Everything will be fine. So they did, and the, and the food was good, and they could eat it. And uh, that was kind of a weird story in a way, but it was a very common story. You know, a very thing. You're out on a picnic. So the food goes bad. And somehow God changes the situation and gets their attention that there's a God who's available, he's here, and he's working in people's lives, and he's involved in our, in our situation. Another story um, is that one of Elisha's students, uh, one of his male students, passed away, and he left a, a widow with, with two young boys, and uh, he also left, a lot, left them in a lot of debt. And so this widow comes to Elisha, and she says, Master, uh, my husband's died and he left us in a lot of debt, and uh, the authorities are coming. They're going to take my boys away from me because I can't pay the debts. And Elisha says, uh, I love it the way it's in the, in the message. He says, uh, I wonder how I can be of help. Isn't that kind of cool? And he says, what do you have in the house? And she says, I just have a little jug of oil. And he says, okay, I want you to um, go up and down the street and go to all your neighbors and ask them for pots and any containers, 
go into their recyclable bins and dig out their plastic pots and jars and things and take them home. So she did that. Her and her sons went up and down the street collecting all these pots and jars from their neighbor. Very common thing, right? I mean, that's what you do. You go out and you need some pots, you go to your neighbors. Very common kind of life thing. And he said, go into your house, lock the door, and then start filling the pots up with the oil you've got. So they did that, and uh, what happened? The oil kept flowing until they ran out of jars. Correct. And uh, it was an amazing thing. And so, so uh, Elisha says to her, okay, sell the oil, pay off your debts, and live off what's left. And that was it. That's the end of the story. And that's pretty cool. But a very common kind of thing, right? I mean, it's not uncommon to have widows in our midst with kids, single moms, debts piling up. And, uh, and Elisha just basically pointed out the tension that God's involved in her life and can provide for her. And uh, very simple stories. Some of them, you know, very miraculous, but very simple stories in the, in the context of, of life where we live. And uh, that's what uh, the baseline is, that God's involved in this world and in everybody's lives. And uh, that's been what we've just, that's but what's, what's been like for life, uh, for us as well, over the last few years. Well, for a long time, actually, but over the last few years, we've uh, changed countries, moved to a different country, and uh, started all over again, as it were, in a new place. And we really needed God to help us in all the preparations. And it's been pretty amazing to see God open doors for us to get uh, a visa into a country that's really hard to get visas for, very, very difficult. And, and, and it was over a long process. God opened one door after another until we could get a visa, a 10-year visa, to live in this country. Uh, we didn't have a house. We didn't know where to look. And then uh, friends pointed us out. And then one day, oh, there's a, there's a, we don't have real estate agents where you go and find a house to rent. Um, you just kind of look around. And now God led us one day to a, the perfect house for us in the right kind of neighborhood uh, where we can meet people, an opportunity just to meet people. And, and uh, one of the things we, we started to do was intentionally go out to meet people, to interact with them about Jesus and everything. It was okay. We had some good experiences. We had some not-so-good ones. And then we found that as we're doing the normal things of life, we're just meeting people. And so we'd go out shopping, and we'd meet people. We'd go out and get the car fixed, which is really annoying, right? You have to go get your car fixed. And, and, uh, and you meet people, and you have a good conversation with them. It just sort of happened along the way, and we realized, wow, God has gone ahead of us. These are not just things that happen in life. And we need to pay attention. What is he doing? And uh, what is he, you know, and, and how has he prepared us for this person and the, the way we can interact with them? And it's just been really exciting to see how God has gone ahead of us in these normal things of life because that's where he is, right? That's where he is. Joe's going to tell you a story. And more. Is God involved in your life? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but louder. <laughs> yes. And that's the wonderful thing. God is involved in our life. The Holy Spirit is so very real, and Jesus is with us all the time. And just like to give you, there's so many stories we could share, but I'd like to share just one that is very, very ordinary. Because, um, yeah, God does miracles, but often the miracles are in the very ordinary things. Uh, I'd like to share a story about one lady that I've got to know. Of course, 
our work, we need to spend time with people. And it just isn't, if you uh, stay inside, uh, you don't meet people. And also, even if you go outside and smile at people, it doesn't mean an automatic friendship. My husband's very clever. You all know that, don't you? <laughs> you know, he needed a pair of pants fixed. They were too long. And of course, I could have done them, but I was lazy. And um, so he has a good idea. He goes to this coffee shop, not like Starbucks, a bit of a rough coffee shop. Uh, but he goes there every day to meet men. And there's a lady who runs the coffee shop. She's about uh, mid-30s, three teenage children. And Doug just thinks, hey, I'll ask her if she knows anybody who could fix my pants. Oh, she said, yes, yes, there's, um, there's several people who sew and women who sew in this area. Um, I'll take your pants there. And so, but he's clever, right? He says, oh, well, it'd be so nice if my wife could go too, and then she'll meet this dressmaker, you know, and know where to go if she needs clothes repaired. So it's arranged, and off we go. And I go to this village house with this woman, and mm, I've lived in this world for a long time, and I know how to sit on the floor and how to greet the oldest people in the house, and they're a bit impressed how this foreign woman can be so comfortable in this environment. It was good. I connected with the, the dressmaker now, right? As we're leaving, um, this coffee shop lady, let's call her Mrs. Coffee Shop, she says to me, um, have you ever eaten food from that shop that sells delicious roti-type pancakes for breakfast? And I say, nope, never eaten there. Um, oh, I go every day, she says. Every morning I go and get food. Um, what do I say? I'm responding to God's presence, right? I say, could you take me there? So off we trundle a few days later on the back of her motorbike and we buy the food from this, coffee sh from this place where they sell food. It was delicious, by the way. Food where we live is very good. Um, on the way home on the motorbike, she says to me, you know that market way out of town? Have you ever been there? Nope, I've never been to that market, but I love markets. Um, what do you think I said? <laughs> Could you take me there? She said, well, you drive. Um, could, you, could I come with you? So we arrange, it's on a Friday. We arrange to get in the car and we go to this market. Oh, it's a wonderful market. All, everything you can imagine, bustling with people. She says, you know, my mother lives just near this market. Um, would you mind popping in to see her? Oh, okay, sure, that's good. So I'm meeting lots of people, right? Well, we go over one section in the market. It has these ducks, heads hanging down, feet sticking out, no feathers. She says, have you ever eaten duck curry? Nope, never eaten duck curry. What do you think I said? <laughs> I'm responding to what God is doing. And I said, could you teach me to make duck curry? So she's sure. You buy the duck. Tonight, 
I'll come after prayers and I'll teach you to make duck curry. Wow, that duck curry was amazing, absolutely amazing. And that started a regular event where I'd go to the market with her on a Friday morning, we'd buy food, and she would come home and teach me how to cook it. And we'd have a wonderful meal in the evening. And I'd have time to chat with her in the privacy of my own kitchen, which is a safe place uh, for a woman there. It's such an ordinary story. But do you see the dance of God being involved? God is speaking to her. She's asking me questions. I'm responding to her, and God is very much involved in that. And that's as simple as it is, and that's what we do. Just see where God is involved. God is involved in each of our contexts. Do you believe that? And so this morning, uh, we'd like to do just something a little bit different. We'd, we'd like to do a little reflection with you. We believe we're going back because God is already there. God is involved there. And we appreciate your prayers. But God is also in your context. And if, could you just, we'd like you to have a piece of paper and just spend, uh, we probably only take five minutes, We'd like to you to reflect on your context and we have a few questions for you to think about of how God is involved right now in your context. And it doesn't mean it necessarily needs to be a good or a happy context. Maybe some of you are going through terrible difficulties right now, but God is involved with you. Okay, just, um, if you don't, paper's coming around. If you don't have a piece of paper, uh, feel free just to think in your minds. What is the specific context right now for you? Right now. Not what you hope it will be two weeks or two years down the road. On the basis of believing that God is actively involved with us, what might his involvement look like in your context? I've told a story to you of how God was involved in one relationship. What will his involvement in your context, what might that look like? And the third question, what could you do to be more expectant of what God will do? That's a difficult question. May the Holy Spirit be present, hovering around you all to give you inspiration this morning as you spend a few minutes in silence.
Okay, pretty well done? Good. Well, we did a little bit of reflect, reflection on these, these questions already. And uh, so we could share a bit with you. And our context is we were going back to live in a, in a Muslim country and uh, in a, the most Muslim part of the Muslim country. In a very, it's a very conservative area and uh, uh, quite conservative in, 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 in lifestyle and uh, restrictive and lots of rules and regulations about how you live. And it was very, there are some Christians who live there, local people. Um, from those from the Muslim majority background, we only know of one person. And uh, that's one out of about a million and a half people. I hope, trust there's some more we don't know about. Um, we live in the little community we live in on our lane is, is uh, predominantly, is, yeah, it's all Muslim actually. Yeah, uh, people are very friendly and uh, they're very warm and friendly to us and, and somewhat surprised to see us living there because there's very few Westerners live in the town. There's a number of tourists that pass through from time to time, but generally there's very few Westerners. And uh, so they're a little surprised to see that we're living there and, and they do ask questions, why do you want to live here? Um, but uh, yeah, so it's great. That's part of our context. Did I share enough? You know already, right? Some of you came to our Taste of Asia. You know all about it, so I don't need to labor it. But, yeah, that's our context. And so on the basis of believing that God is actively involved in that community, what does that look like for us? Well, we just trust that the people we meet, God's at work with. And, and uh, what to expect. Our, one of my next-door neighbors um, is very much involved in the, the classic Volkswagen Club. Some of you heard this already. And uh, he's taken me to some of their activities, and I really feel God is leading and I don't have a classic Volkswagen, so I'm stuck with the T-shirt so far. And I have the classic Volkswagen T-shirt, and I'm trusting God to provide the Volkswagen. And uh, so, you know, I expect to go out with these people and, and not just talk about carburetors, but begin to find out what's going on in their life and, and to discern that. Uh, we believe that God's at work in people's lives, and not just as individuals, but in whole families. And... Uh, it's, even though it's a, a very strict Muslim area, the, the, the women are the, some of the stronger leaders in the home and in businesses. They're very entrepreneurial. And uh, so we believe that we want to see some of these, many of these, hundreds of these women coming to faith. Because when in the past, uh, when we've seen uh, older, especially older women come to faith, they're more likely to see the whole family come to faith rather than if it's the older men. And uh, so we're praying and expecting that God is at work in the lives of these women. And uh, who are they? And uh, we, we expect that God will provide some divine encounters where we're really going to have an in-face, right-in-your-face kind of a thing. So I don't miss it, especially. And uh, I go to the local tea shop uh, most days of the week and hang out and just listen and find out what's happening in people's lives. And expect I'm expecting that God is going to give these guys courage to talk to me about what's going on deep in their hearts. And I've, I've noticed that that's happened to me in the past, so I'm expecting it's going to happen again. And you can pray that I have good enough language ability to connect with that, because that's really important. I don't talk to them in English, and uh, so that's important. So just, yeah, as Jill shared, ministry with, with, mini with friends and neighbors, this lady from the coffee shop, and expect that God has put all this together, so there's something else happening. And who else? Who else in the family? is under conviction of sin. Who else in the family is calling out for mercy? And, and so there's the whole thing of being aware. 
Uh, one of my favorite quotes is by um, the American author, is it Thoreau? Is that his name? Um, Wherever you are, be there. And I've thought a lot about that because I was a guy who was not very present a lot in my life. I still find it a struggle to be present to my family, to my wife, to my God, to the people around me, and just to be present. I know there's a lot of other guys out there like that. But, uh, um, yeah, wherever you are, be there. And just to be present and sit. And uh, what's going on around me and paying attention rather than thinking about uh, the rugby game last week or whatever. Uh, just to be there. And, and I'd encourage you to do that as well. Just to, um, yeah, be there and present, paying attention what God's doing in your life around you and in the people around Because he is. We have this nasty society world out there that keeps telling us he isn't, but he is. He's very much involved in all our lives and in, in other people's lives as well. And that's pretty exciting. That's so exciting to me because you know that God is already doing that and we can follow along with him. So these are, those were just some of the things that, that we want to be expectant of God to do in our lives and around us. And, and we'd like you to pray for us in those areas especially. And I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Derwin to come up and pray for us.